The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Hope you're doing well on this Wednesday, February 7th, 2024. This is the Wednesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins with you for the next two hours right here on ESPN 106.7. Alongside me back in the studio on this Wednesday afternoon is Uncle T-Bone. And man, it's a big day on the plains, Uncle T-Bone. Alabama coming to town Auburn and the Tide going to battle inside of Neville Arena coming up tonight in just about four hours. Yeah, six o'clock on ESPN2. How is this game not on on the mothership? Well, you know where it is, though. On Wings 94.3. That's right. So that'll make up for it. This town is lit. I got out a little bit earlier, drove around town at lunch. It's hopping. You can Feel the buzz in the air. Can you feel it? Jacob Goins, the Iron Bowl of basketball back on the plains and Auburn looking to end a three-game losing streak mm. to Alabama. How's that taste, Auburn fan? It doesn't taste very good, does it? Mm. It may taste like a little bit of elephant meat, so they've been lined up outside of Neville Arena now for like 48 hours. The crowd continues to grow. Uh, one of our sponsors and good friends over at Baumhauer's apparently took them pizzas last night. Okay. All the okay. all the kids are hoping for the gooey fries. You yeah. Know, that big winner when something happens in that game. So, I mean, it's just on. That's right. Can you feel it, folks? Give us a call at 334-321-1390. Your Iron Bowl pregame festivities and basketball have begun right here on the Plains 2-6. to six with my man Jacob going at On The Line, the show that calls it like it is. And, to, and holds nothing back. That's right, baby. Well, look, we got a lot to get to today. We are going to talk about the Iron Bowl of basketball because, look, Doug was talking about it. We're talking about it. Bill will talk about it. I mean, we got seven straight hours of coverage on this thing because it is that big of a deal. Super Bowl what? No. Iron Bowl of basketball tonight inside of Neville Arena round two. And as Uncle T-Bone said, phone lines are open. Give us a call. Your thoughts, picks, and predictions uh, for the game tonight, 334-321-1390. We will take a quick side break from this conversation coming up in about 30 minutes or so. Uh, Jordan Hill of Dogs 247. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks since we've had him on the show, but we're going to get caught up on everything happening with Georgia Athletics. That's Georgia basketball as they are still a sneaky team in this conference in, in the SEC. Also, uh, get some updates on signing day. Happy signing day, everybody. In case you forgot, it is National Signing Day. Um, in case you have not been paying attention and hasn't been the most exciting and and it's crazy that we are uh, talking all things basketball on a day that used to be so big, so important, and a day that just kind of goes by the wayside just any other Wednesday. 
oh man, we used to just shut it down on Wednesdays on National Signing Day. At, at, at my old job, we were all just huge football fans. We'd have a signing day party. We'd have a tailgate there party. There you go. We'd crank up ESPN at about 7.30. Everybody would be on their computers. People still to this day, I remember on signing day, one of my most memorable memories was when Cyrus Quandro, the Alabama offensive lineman from Maryland, committed live on television to the Auburn Tigers. And then an hour, and people went bananas. And an hour later, the news broke that – Oh, I don't know. Somebody, I guess, got to him and said, don't fax that in just yet, my friend. That was pre-NIL. I wonder if he got himself a little payday. <laughs> His brother was at Alabama a year earlier. had been taken to kind of assure him, uh, assure his commitment to Alabama. I think his name was Ari Quandro. I always, I always suspected they took Ari up there to a deep lake up in northwest Alabama Uh-oh. near Jasper and said, Cyrus? He's going in if you don't come on down here. So, no, I'm just joking. But we used to have so much fun uh, on this day. And uh, now it's just kind of ruined. I wish they'd go go back away from the early signing period. It's, yeah. just, it's too much on these coaches and programs. Yeah, I agree. Especially when there's a transitional you know, change like Hugh Freeze coming in last year after the season, Kalen DeBoer coming in this year. But, you know, I, who knows? It seems like the NCAA is like the government, and once something gets, uh, once something changes and goes in one direction, there's no turning back. Yeah, I just think there needs to be one day, right? One day. And look, everybody's got different opinions on when it should be and where it should be and how long it should be and all that. And that's a, a conversation for a different time. But, you know, you bring up signing day memories, and the, the most memorable one for me was and for people that listen to this show and have been for a while know that I grew up in Ohio for most of my time and always been an Auburn guy and so growing up in school national signing day for a guy like me that was you know from you know born in the south and uh, cheered for a team in the south People up there just didn't really get it. Like, that's signing day. That's cool. They, But they don't care like we care. They don't talk about recruiting for the Buckeyes like they do for the Tigers and the Crimson Tide. And so I would always be watching it all day long in school. I'd have TVs on and computers. However I could find it, I would be watching National Signing Day. Nobody really understood why I was so engaged with it. But the most memorable one for me was when – Byron Cowart committed when he committed and signed with Auburn and became the highest recruit in what 2015 I believe 2014 somewhere in there and and I remember that and I remember sitting in a science classroom watching that on an iPad and just going nuts and everybody was like the heck is this kid's problem that's why you're in radio and not in chemistry my friend you're right about that now let me ask you this was that one was that byron coward is he the one that brought the chucky doll to signing day remember that was oh that yeah I, I think so and that was so i mean what a what a creepy <laughs> what a what, <laughs> what a, a weird uh, thing to uh, do for bearing uh you know, futuristic view of his career at yeah. Auburn, right? It seemed like that occasionally Gus Malzahn would get a big-time five-star recruit, and, and uh, boy, they just wouldn't quite pan out like they would at other schools. I like to jump around and look at these recruiting rankings. I'm, I'm a big rivals guy. That's where I always go. Heck, Brian Matthews is in here all the time, mm-hmm. so we might as well support him. I think the world, Jason Caldwell, too, so don't worry. You know, look at 24-7 uh, as well, please, Auburn fans. But just looking at rivals really quickly after today in 2024, Auburn coming in with a number eight national ranking in recruiting. I think at any of these uh, services for recruiting, you'll see Auburn clearly as a top ten 
uh, in the top 10 in recruiting. And that's where you must be, Jacob, year in, year out, and pushing up towards that top five very often if you're yeah. going to have a competitive roster. Look, I know the NIL uh, and, and the transfer portal make it um, – some teams are able to kind of – work that uh, like Ole Miss is doing, or at least they're trying to go in a different route, uh, building their roster and competing for championships. But you and I both know, and you've known this since you followed that Byron Cowart recruiting, if you don't have the Jimmys and Joes out of high school, it doesn't matter about the X's and O's, and you're just not going to compete really quickly in the top ten in rivals Auburn coming in at eight. You know where that puts them in the new SEC with the two new teams coming in? Fifth. Fifth, sir. so crazy. Georgia man. number one, so Alabama wild. two, Texas three. There's three SEC schools. Then you have Oklahoma in seventh and Auburn in eighth. This number two ranking for Alabama, I have to address real quick because this is kind of maddening to me. It's a, it's a, and, and look, Alabama's done a fine job recruiting, and I'm not taking a shot at Kalen DeBoer here. They got Ryan Williams signed. Yep, they did get However, that officially they today. Did it, they yeah. got it done. That guy's going to be a massive player for them, or who, wherever he ends up in college football in his career. But Alabama at number two, Jacob. There's two of these players that Rivals is giving them credit for for signing and then they came in and when Nick Saban left they left too Mm -hmm. one of them's a five star some people say the number one quarterback in the nation Julian saying well he's going to Ohio State he's gone he stepped foot on campus was there like half a day Nick Saban said I'm out I'm out too you got to take him off their commitment list he may have signed but he ain't going to school there. Right. Well, you know, you have that buffer of when a coach leaves. Even when they are signed, and I think Doug was talking about this, where, you know, they could be on campus enrolled or whatever, they still have that opportunity to get out. And I'm glad that that rule exists. And I'm with you. I mean, it's going to drop off a little bit, right? When there's a coach replacement, a coach leaving, whatever, especially when it's Nick Saban, there's going to be a change. There's going to be a drop off. And so where will that be for Alabama? I don't know. I think we're going to find out. But I think it really all comes back to on the day like today for signing day where there's just not a whole lot going on. I mean, there's just not a whole lot of news. Kentucky got a big guy today. Alabama did get Ryan Williams. Nothing out of the Auburn camp. I mean, it's just... Nothing yet from, uh, you know, what I've heard, though. There might be a defensive lineman that Auburn's taking a look at. They lost Dimitri Nicholas today. I've been told that was kind of a uh, a mutual parting of Mm -hmm. ways. Uh, just to put it in those type terms, so there might be a guy or two that comes in. Uh, there are some defensive linemen I know that Auburn are still looking at that were committed to other places. I'm not sure if they've signed yet, but I'm with you. There's no real excitement here. And to finish up on the Alabama commitment class, the Jam- uh, Jameer Grimsley guy, he's a four-star. So that's nine stars between two players that are listed here. They're not going to even be at Alabama. Right. Why are they on this list? I don't get it. Rivals these – it's just a, a little bit of dishonesty in my opinion. And you know what's going to happen with the with a lot of the local media. I'm not saying all of them. They're going to take that and be like, look at Kalen DeBoer in his first year, a number two recruiting class. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, I, there's a lot of games and perceptions that are always played. As of right now, though, that number eight class, and, you know, maybe we can go through it in a little bit just to kind of remind everybody the type talent that Auburn has brought in 
it appears to me and to everybody else that all of these players will be enrolling at Auburn and not going somewhere else. One thing that we can talk about from Auburn quickly before we get to break is uh, they did get a second tight end commitment for 2025 and Hollis Davidson yesterday. Uh, the six foot five, 238 pound Georgia tight end is the number eight recruit or commit, I should say, for Auburn, and he is the second for uh, the tight end spot. Uh, ranked number 369 overall, number 21 tight end and the number 42 player out of the state of Georgia, according to 247. So um, maybe not the just biggest guy stat-wise or numbers-wise jumping off the page, but look, Auburn going and getting tight ends, man, something we didn't see for a long time, and if they did, they never used them, and so uh, we'll see what this gets to when it comes to Auburn. But yeah, now you've got eight players in that 2025 class for Hugh Freeze and this staff. Yeah, you, you must make hay right now for the following year Really and truly, this time of year for recruiting, like you said earlier, used to just be the hotbed. It used to be the end-all, be-all. It was National Signing Day. Well, early February now is primetime recruiting for 2025. You saw that with this junior day that Auburn had last week and the massive amount of talent that was on the Plains. And if you look ahead right now to 2025, Auburn in the rivals' rankings, they're ranked seventh with eight commitments only LSU and Oklahoma and uh, and only LSU and Oklahoma, excuse me, in the SEC ahead of the Tigers right now. This is how good Auburn is recruiting already in 2025, Jacob. Yeah. Right behind them at eight and nine, Georgia and Texas. So Auburn is clearly, clearly in the mix for uh, all, all sorts of talent across the nation recruiting now and it's really refreshing to see. It's also refreshing to see that like even though National Signing Day is kind of weak. There's just no drama today. Great recruiting. Auburn continues to recruit well. That's what it's going to take to rebuild this roster football-wise. Give it a couple of years, Tiger fans, and I think like Novocaine, you'll see that it'll take with Hugh Freeze. And a reminder that as of Monday of this week, it is a dead period. So uh, no visitors for football, uh, no coaches on the trail. That'll be um, for for a couple of weeks now. And um, that'll be until April when all that can get picked back up. And so we'll keep keep that in mind. Uh, But Auburn does pick up a football commit. Again, nothing... uh, uh, nothing really noteworthy to talk about on signing day, which really is crazy. That early signing day, that early signing period is what has become the de facto signing period. So um, happy signing day to those who celebrate, I guess. Not celebrating a whole lot today because not a whole lot to talk about. But there is things to talk about on the basketball world. And we're going to get to that when we come back. Auburn and Alabama playing tonight inside of Neville Arena. Tigers looking to bounce back, even up the series on the year with the Crimson Tide. Plus great games last night in college basketball in the SEC. Good ones coming up tonight as well. We'll talk about all that when we come back here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Back inside the studio here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. I'm Jacob Goins. He is Uncle T-Bone. As we begin talking a little Auburn basketball, actually a lot of Auburn basketball, SEC basketball, college basketball here on ESPN. 106.7, be a part of the show, 334-321-1390. Taking your thoughts, picks, and predictions all show long about the Iron Bowl of Basketball Part 2 tonight. 
And uh, you mentioned this earlier, Uncle T-Bot. I said something yesterday because this is about the time they started lining up yesterday with Tent City out there outside of Neville Arena. Pearlville. And, yeah, Pearlville. That's right. Hey, what happens in Pearlville stays in Pearlville. Hey, I was in the initial start of Why am I not Pearlville surprised? when when they weren't lining up for games when I got to Auburn, but they were when I left Auburn. I promise you that. Yeah, it was like Jacob and a few co-eds. <laughs> yeah, that's why I uh, I got my degree, but I don't know if it had any of those special accolades on it. But um, no, I mean students have been lined up. When tip-off starts, it will be like almost 30 hours or something before the game even started. And you can see all the videos online and social media of the tents going down both concourses over there through all the dorms. And and the coaches were out there. BP was out there. Players were out there uh, handing out food and and just showing support because this is what it takes, Uncle T-Bone. This is what it takes to have the right atmosphere for a game like this tonight to give Auburn the best chance to win. I mean, there were several times when I was coming up in Auburn, the only tents I saw at Auburn basketball game was behind that curtain that they used to hang up at uh, East Memorial <laughs> Coliseum because Auburn was so bad and so few people showed up. I mean, this is a, a fantastic basketball program. Bruce Pearl has done just an amazing job uh, building Auburn into a, uh, a very well – into a national brand in basketball. Um, Nate Oates has done a fine job at Alabama making this state really a hotbed along with the teams like UAB and, and Sanford that are playing fantastic basketball. It's a, it's a huge difference than, say, 20 years ago. There's been times where Auburn basketball has been really solid. And, uh, you know, those years with Barkley and Person and Chris Morris and those guys and then the Chris Porter years, obviously, with Cliff Ellis. But year in, year out, there hasn't been a better run of Auburn basketball. They are perennial, a tournament team. That's really about all you can ask for in any program except for just a very few of the biggest of, of Blue Bloods. And once you're in the tournament, hey – your next goal is to get to that Sweet 16, and once you're in the Sweet 16, you're one of the 16 teams that can legitimately win a national title. Right now, Tigers going off as a five-and-a-half-point favorite. How do you feel about at that? scoresandodds.com. The line came out at four-and-a-half yesterday, late yesterday, over-under of 163.5, which I think is too many. I don't know yet what I think about it and, and going to have to uh, gonna have to uh, pass my uh, deal right here and think about this game for a little bit. I got a lot of thoughts on it, and uh, I think I'm going to have to give my prediction a little bit later in the, in the, in the show. You said the total was 163.5? That is correct. It scores and odds.com. That's a lot. Moneyline, Alabama plus 198, Tigers minus 245, which kind of seems a little high to me as well yeah I saw the five and a half number but I had not seen a total yet for the game and and 163 just seems that seems high it seems high because of two reasons one the defense that Auburn plays and two the the pretty high chance that you get Alabama on the road which has not been great this year it has not been good historically under Nate Oates so yeah that just seems that I mean that's that's you're talking almost 80 yeah you're talking almost 80 points aside and I just don't see that happening yeah, something. I mean, yeah, seemed, yeah. Give or take. I, I that mean, would not be my prediction for this game. No, no. No, I think it's gonna be. I mean, I think Auburn could get in the eighties, but I think if Auburn can play legitimate defense and and get lucky and hope Alabama misses some shots, I mean, if Auburn gets in the eighties, they're gonna win this game. You think so? No question about it, because of the way they play defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just no question about it. I don't think that it's gonna get into the eighties, though. I think that Alabama's going to do what Nate Oates wants to do against Auburn. 
and that's in any time he goes up against the Tigers, I'm not going to say play a dirty brand of basketball, but try and get the Tigers flustered and make it a rock fight. That's what he does. Which every other time that's tried to happen, any other team that's tried to do that this year, what's happened? It has not been successful. Exactly. But Auburn Al- has responded well. Yeah, but against Alabama, I'm not going to say it's up in Bruce Pearl's head. The Tigers have lost three in a row. Yeah. He's three and six against Nate Oates historically. Can't debate that. And uh, I don't think it's a psychological thing, but I will say this. It seems like to me as a longtime Auburn fan that just about in any sport – Across the board, when Auburn and Alabama get together, if Auburn plays a little bit tight, they're going to lose the game. you got to just let it rip when you go against Big Brother. Yeah. You go out into the backyard, lock the gate, and you're about to get you're about to get everything in the kitchen sink. Which is what Auburn has to do tonight. They have to do that. Auburn has to play their best game. And look, and if you look at this from from the Alabama perspective, right? We know what's at stake here. Uh, we know that it is uh, the number one team in the SEC right now in the standings, coming on the road to their rival after already beating them once. And look, if I'm Alabama and I'm Nate Oates, I completely understand. Hey we got away with one in our house because if that game was played for another five, ten minutes, Auburn wins that game. And you know what? If Auburn played any better in that first 20, Auburn would have won. But they didn't. And Alabama got a good win, probably their best win of the year. And I think if you're Bama, you have to understand that. You have to understand, look, we got away with one. We beat them at our place. We got them here. Let's see if we can go get one at their house. But if we don't win, it's not the end of the world, I don't think, in the word, in the in the view of Alabama, because they don't necessarily need this when it comes to an SEC regular season championship or to build a resume or anything like that. This is simply bragging rights for Bama. But in our side, in our eyes, in the Auburn perspective. The Tigers have to have this one, Uncle T-Bone, for all of those things that I just talked about. You know, that's a very rational way to put that. you got to think, though, that most Alabama people are extremely irrational, and they would like nothing more. And, and, they, and, and for their own psyche, they need it every time they play Auburn. Don't underestimate their desire, even though they'll downplay it, to kick Auburn in the shins any chance they can get. You're right about that. They love it. They love to embarrass Auburn. They love to put Auburn down. They love to make comments allegedly about high school gyms and all kinds of crazy stuff. They love to throw rocks at Auburn. So don't think for a second that Alabama folks don't want to, in their minds, put Auburn in their place. Now, if I'm Alabama and Nate Oates, the thing that you didn't mention is I'm highly confident coming into this game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Neville Arena is an extremely tough place to play. Uh, Alabama has a fantastic basketball team. That's one of the reasons why other teams try to throw rocks and put Auburn into a rock fight. It doesn't work because Auburn's just that much better. Alabama's really good. Mm -hmm. So when they can get the Tigers flustered, they can close it out. Other teams can't. And and the last time that Nate Oates and crew came into Neville Arena, they got a big W. Now, I know that team probably was a little bit more talented than this team on paper, but this team is playing about as good a basketball as anybody in the SEC right now. So why shouldn't they be confident to come in here? Like for all the things I said, they got a three-game winning streak. Nate Oates is 6-3 and three against Bruce Pearl. Last time they were here at Neville Arena, they won the basketball game. We're going to roll up in here. If I'm, telling, if I'm him and telling my team this, we're going to roll up into Neville Arena once again 
and I'm going to take down Bruce Pearl because I own him and you own Auburn. That's how Alabama rolls. Yeah, and look, Alabama coming into this game – 10 and 1 in their last 11 games. Their only loss was on the road at Tennessee where they couldn't stop. I mean, they couldn't stop a toddler and they couldn't shoot they if their life depended on it. Let's they did. They don't again tonight. Yeah, and that's what Auburn has to hope for a little bit, but you can't bank on that. Oh, absolutely not. What I'm banking on if I'm Auburn is this. In the last month or so, in second halves, Auburn's played as good a basketball as anybody in second halves. So they just don't need to come out and do what they did in Coleman Coliseum, and that's dig a big hole. Yeah. Because if they don't, they'll take this game over with their depth and take care of business. Alabama, the number one team in the SEC, coming to Neville Arena on a four-game winning streak on the year and a three-game winning streak over Bruce and the Tigers. Lots more to get to on that, but... We'll have Jordan Hill of Dogs 247 join us when we come back. We'll get some updates from Athens and the Georgia Bulldogs here on the ESPN 106.7. Boom. I mean, I seriously don't know who we are. Now. I'm serious. I'm not just being contrarian. It's so crazy because, like, after the game at Bama, we're like, oh, yeah, Auburn wins by double digits. Or Auburn wins by double digits when they come here. But then, last couple of games, it's been sketchy. You are on the line with Jacob Goins on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 minutes into hour number one. Are these mics on? I think so. 30 minutes into hour number one here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. He's Uncle T-Bow and I'm Jacob Goins. And we'll get to the phone lines as we do each and every Wednesday in hour number one. We're speaking with Jordan Hill of Dogs 247, the 24-7 sports site for Georgia Athletics. Jordan, great to hear from you, man. It's been a couple of weeks. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate you guys having me back on. Uh, excited to uh, talk through a lot going on and uh, super excited to uh, get right into it. Well, I know it doesn't uh, it doesn't really feel like it in most places, but today is National Signing Day. And, and you know, we were opening the show earlier, Uncle T-Bone and I, just talking about what this day used to mean uh, for college football and big programs like Auburn and Georgia and Alabama and others and just how exciting this day used to be. And now on just other, another Wednesday in February. Yeah, you know, there wasn't much going on uh, on the Georgia side of things. I can sort of speak to that. You know, they had 28 signings in December. And uh, what was sort of nice on the Georgia side was that by about 9.05, 9.10 Eastern time this morning, it was kind of wrapped up for Georgia. They had tried to flip five-star athlete Terry Bussey. He was a guy that was a Texas A&M commit. Uh, they fired Jimbo Fisher, and he decides, look, I'm going to look around a little bit make sure I'm making the right decision. Uh, I don't think Georgia was quite in there. It seemed like it was A&M and LSU, and ultimately Bussey decided he was staying put and was going to ultimately sign and go to the Aggies. Uh, but really, besides that, you know, Georgia added a walk-on receiver, an in-state guy, Jeremy Bell, a junior from Clinch County, a former three-star. You know, no nothing to uh, uh, you know, just sort of uh, wave away. He was an Indiana commit at one point, but. Yeah, very, very quiet National Signing Day here in Athens. Uh, they did most of the heavy lifting by the time December rolled around. And they had a little bit of downtime to try to go get another five-star. I uh, wasn't able to do it, but I think they're still very happy with what they came home. Jordan, I mean, if it whatever recruiting service it is, right, and we know you're partial to one, but, I mean, Georgia's ranked 
number one. I mean, across the board. I mean, you know, but I got to ask it like this because I want to ask you another question that I just saw in an article. It's a almost a what could have been for Georgia in this recruiting class if Dylan Riola had stayed and not flipped to Nebraska would have been, A, one of the best, if not the best, recruiting classes that Georgia's ever had. And what is this article that I'm reading where it says, this is on AL.com, and I'm not sure if you've seen it because it just broke about 154 today. Dylan Riola's dad, Kirk Herbstreit, encouraged quarterback to flip from Georgia to, Georgia to Nebraska? What is all that about? Yeah, you know, I think what I saw the interview where Dominic Raiola was talking um, about that situation, by the time Kirk Herbstreit had sort of reached out to him, there was already the ball was sort of rolling in that direction. I think it was more of uh, Kirk Herbstreit said, yeah, go to Nebraska, mm-hmm. you know, help those guys. I mean, but of, should he be reaching out to any recruit like that? Uh, he's, he's free to do what he wants to, especially because, you know, his dad uh, – uh, Dylan's dad, you know, played in the NFL for a long time. There's probably some connection there with Kirk Herbstreit um, and some of the different people. I know Dan Orlovsky, who also works for ESPN, played with Dylan's dad with the Lions. So I'm sure that there's a connection there. But, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where Georgia definitely had some people that they missed out on. Uh, Dylan Raul is the biggest one, especially because they had him as a verbal commit for quite, so, uh, quite a, a long amount of time. Uh, but also Sammy Brown, an in-state linebacker from just uh, down the road in Athens in Jefferson. He goes to Clemson. Uh, you know, again, the guy we talked about earlier, Terry Bussey, picks A&M. You know, it wasn't a, a class where they batted a 1,000, but nobody's going to do that uh, in college football. Uh, again, super, super loaded class, number one in the country, added a lot of positions of need. Still wound up with a really, really good quarterback at Ryan Puglisi. Uh, I'm sure that there are some misses that uh, you know, guys like Kirby Smart and the people on the staff probably aren't soon going to forget, uh, but they did a very good job of loading up this class and uh, getting set for 2024 and beyond. Yeah, it really is just, just I mean, it, you just kind of marvel at what Kirby Smart and Georgia have done during I mean, not a short time, but not a long time that he's been there in Athens. And, and it's every year now, it seems like. It's what Alabama used to be, Georgia trying to become something like that. And we know there are some limitations because of NIL and transfer portal. And it's harder than ever before to recruit. But yeah, you would think about what Rayoa would have done to this class. I mean, it may have been one of the best we've ever seen. Definitely. And it's one of those things, too, where, you know, it's always funny when I kind of look at the roster and break down, well, they still need this or they still need that. And people say, this is Georgia. What are you talking about? They don't have needs. They still do. And, and the thing that stands out to me is Georgia really wanted to take two quarterbacks in class just because of numbers, because of depth. You know, they swung and missed at Arch Manning in the previous class. So the focus sort of became, okay, well, we're going to bring in two next year. And that was the plan with Dylan Riola and Ryan Puglisi, and then obviously uh, Dylan flips to Nebraska. They tried uh, to go after uh, a guy that wound up signing at Florida State. He had been a long-time Florida State commit. It was going to be very hard to flip him late. Uh, you know, It remains to be seen if they are going to add another scholarship quarterback. There was a day there uh, where it looked like they were going to get Jaden Maiava, uh, a guy that uh, really shined at UNLV this past season. 
he commits to Georgia and then a day later decides, actually, I'm going to go to USC instead. So uh, they uh, still have a few needs here and there. I mean, a lot of it is just as far as numbers and depth. But uh, again, yeah, uh, still, you know, with any class you put together, there's going to be some what could have been. But at the end of the day, I think Georgia's very thrilled with the class they put together. Yeah, not many programs can uh, have those type losses and still be number one across the board. Talking with Jordan Hill at Dogs 24-7. Check him out at Jordan Davis Hill over on X. Real quick, before we get to basketball, Jordan, I don't – and I'm not picking on Georgia here, so I'll, I'll, I'll put the question like this. What is what is a – not necessarily a class like this, but any – top 10 class you think cost nil wise in today's market total i have no idea i mean i don't get into the nil numbers you know that it factors in but it, it just depends on the kid and you know, i'll give chris hummer over at 24 7 sports he did a really interesting sort of comprehensive look behind the scenes at nil and talked to a few different recruits and did so you know anonymous anonymously not naming the kids and you've got some kids saying well you know, my NIL opportunities, it's, it's maybe a $1,000 a month. And you got other guys that when you look at the year, they're saying it's six figures. So I'm not going to speculate. You know, the numbers are out there. Uh, you know, they, they, they just, they range so widely. I, I don't think it would be wise for me to guess. Uh, but at the same time, you understand that that is a part of it. And then some recruitments, it's a big piece of it. And in other recruitments, you know, it's not quite – side and factor and where these kids go on the basketball side of things jordan uh the dogs for georgia 14 and 8 overall four and five in conference play one of those teams right now that they went on a big run to end non-conference play they also started sec play two and oh and then three and one uh before they had a loss at kentucky they did beat lsu at home and now in the midst of a three-game losing streak man kind of summarize what sec play has been like so far for a georgia team that i think is better than most people anticipated definitely you look at the team right now 14 and 8 overall uh, four and five in the SEC just dropped below 500 after that loss against a scorching hot South Carolina on Saturday. And I think the thing that frustrates the people on this team the most is what kind of let them down is what they have prided themselves on the defense. You know, it's something that when Mike White was hired last year, I mean, he made it very, very clear that he was going to build the teams in Athens with a defense first mindset. And the last three games, they, uh, you know, all of which Georgia lost, They've allowed opponents to shoot over 50%. And that's just not going to get a cut. You know, you can't get the deal done uh, playing in any league, you know, playing in church league basketball, much less playing in the SEC. You know, you have to play better defense. But yeah, it's one of those things where you've had struggles on defense. You've had just up and down shooting. They've done a good job at the start of SEC play of getting good scoring distribution. They weren't having to lean on just one guy and say, hey, you got to go get us 30 or we don't have a chance. And you've seen some of those hot hands sort of cool off. So uh, it's been a pretty rough stretch. Now, to the team's credit, you know, it seems like they've kept their head up, talked to some of the veteran guys after that South Carolina game. And, you know, Jabri Abdur-Rahim, who's been there for several years now, said, look, I, I believe in this team, uh, you know, that they know how to, navigate issues and obstacles uh we just kind of have to go back to work and again you know really step on up on defense and like you said jacob i think this team 
is better than most anticipated, but I mean, this conference is super, super deep this year. There's maybe only oh, yeah. two or three teams you could really ride off at this point in the year. Uh, you could be really, really good and still find yourself 10th or 11th in the conference. So uh, they got to get things right and they got to do it in a hurry. Uh, starting with tonight's game at Mississippi State. Jordan, I'm with Jacob. This team's not just better than what everybody anticipated. I, I believe it's better than the record they have right now overall. I mean, they've, Georgia's played some fantastic basketball this season. And before you talk about what needs to happen with Georgia at Mississippi State to get out of this losing streak, my man Blue Kane, where did this nature boy come from? He's a heck of a ball player. He's a fan favorite in Athens. And uh, it's a situation where I kind of think Georgia Tech might be kicking itself just a little. You know, they have had a pretty productive year in Coach Stoudemire's first year, having beaten Duke in North Carolina, which I did not see coming. But he was signed to go to Georgia Tech as a Josh Pastner commit. Josh Pastner gets fired. Uh, Blue Kane opens it back up. He's a kid that grew up around Knoxville, finished his high school days at IMG Academy, and uh, he's just a sharpshooter. He's a guy that's a really good three-point shooter. We've seen a little bit. I was really impressed when he was in high school, the way he was able to dribble drive and, and get to the rim. Obviously a lot harder doing that at the college level, especially in the SEC, but he's a guy that uh, does a very good job coming off the bench. And Yeah, when you look at this team, I think what is most frustrating with where this team stands right now, 14-8, and eight, just below 500, is the missed opportunities. Had Tennessee on the ropes in Athens, had like an 11-point lead with Probably five or six minutes to go. Couldn't finish the deal. Dalton Connect just went out of his mind to end that game. Uh, had Alabama on the ropes in the segment. Uh, led for the majority of that game before Alabama got hot late. And, uh, you know, went to Florida. Was down 21 points in Gainesville. You know, I had a story writ- uh, written and ready to go. And they rip off a run that forces <laughs> overtime and, and uh, just couldn't get the job done. So, it's a team that I think you can't deny is a lot better than it was last year. But at the end of the day, you know, moral victories and while we were this close just doesn't go very far, especially in the SEC. By my by my account and research here, Jordan, the loss against South Carolina on Saturday, 72-62, a 10-point loss, that's only the second double-digit loss of the year. And you have to go all the way back to the very first game of the year where Georgia lost to Oregon 82-71. to So, yeah, you talk about close games and some missed opportunities. Georgia's had their fair share of them. Definitely, and it's one of those things I always think it's sort of funny talking about this team. I don't ever want to again, sort of lean on moral victories, but they just don't quit. And you saw it early in the year when they played at Florida State. They got down 16 points with probably six or seven minutes left in the situation where it's like, all right, well, you know, missed opportunity here, but, uh, you know, it's just a non-conference. Well, it's not over, and they come back, and Justin Hill hits a layup uh, near the end of the game to wind up winning it. They just don't quit. I mean, again, Kentucky a few weeks ago playing in Rupp. Kentucky gets up big and it looks like it's over. And, you know, they only got it within 10, I think, but it was a situation where they could have very easily just said, all right, it's not our day. You know, we're just going to kind of grind through this one. They don't quit fighting. They see opportunity. They understand that it's a 40 minute game for a reason. And I do think that they deserve to be commended for that because sometimes you, you sort of see the writing on the wall in some of these games, but this group just doesn't quit. 
Jordan Hill of Dogs 247 with us on ESPN 1067. You look at the next four games for the Dogs, three of them on the road. That's normally not a not a good sign, something that a team would be scared of. But in my opinion, I think Georgia should be maybe licking their chops a little bit with some opportunity at Mississippi State tonight at Arkansas this weekend, home for Florida, and then at Vanderbilt before they host the Auburn Tigers. Yeah, it's a situation where it kind of feels like the rubber is going to meet the road for Georgia. Sort of like we were talking about a few minutes ago, there's just very little separation in the SEC, but you know, you're looking at some of those teams you're playing, Arkansas and Vanderbilt. When I talked about there might be two or three teams you can ride off, those are probably two of them, and Missouri probably being the other one. So it's a lot of opportunity. I think it is going to be difficult tonight. That Mississippi State team, I believe they're 3-1 and one in conference games in Starkville. And Auburn learned earlier this season just how tough it is to win there. So, you know, it's an opportunity. Uh, I think, too, when you look at that Florida game that's going to be in Athens, I have to imagine after the way that first game ended, that Georgia's going to be very motivated. Uh, it's a situation where, you know, Georgia's got a lot of work to do. It's not impossible, but it's a situation where you have to get tangible results. Uh, these close calls and these uh, what could have been, you know, they just won't cut it this time of year. So if Georgia is serious about being in the mix for postseason play, I do think these next few games are going to determine whether that's possible or not. Well, we say it all the time. February is make or break time for teams in conference play in Georgia trying to do that on the road at Mississippi State tonight. Jordan Hill of Dogs 247. Man, as always, we appreciate you and your time. Always great catching up and talking all things Georgia athletics. Plug all your stuff. Tell people where they can find it and what's coming up. Appreciate that. Yeah, dogs247.com. I mentioned we got a 60% off VIP sale, so make sure and get in over there and also go over to Auburn Undercover. I believe they are running a similar sale with Jason Caldwell, Nathan Keene, Christian Clemente, all those guys on Twitter at Jordan Davis Hill, on Twitter at Dog247. So, uh, you know, now that the recruiting has died down just a little, you know, we'll start talking about 2025 here soon. Um, it'll be fun to focus a lot on basketball uh, before we get to spring practice in about a month. Awesome, man. Well, thanks so much, and we will, uh, we'll have you back on next week. All right, sounds good, guys. That's Jordan Hill of Dogs 247. He's with us every Wednesday, part of Rivalry Wednesday here on ESPN 106.7. Still working on getting our uh, new Bama rider in here, and once we do that, we'll have a loaded show on Wednesdays again. But we'll take our final break, come back, wrap up hour number one here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up our number one here on ESPN 1067. Got a couple of minutes. We appreciate Jordan Hill of Dogs 247 joining us on the show a longer segment with him and really enjoyed catching up it's been a little bit since we've had him on the show and man we were talking with him about it uncle t-bone that georgia basketball team i'm with you man they're better than their record shows and if they had won a just a handful of those games that they didn't win that barn burner with florida uh the game with tennessee how about the game with alabama last week on a wednesday night where they were up double digits in the second half and let alabama go on that inevitable run i mean that's a georgia team that would be in the mix to this is crazy win the sec yeah i mean he said it it just goes to show how difficult the sec is a conference and how many good basketball teams there are we've talked 
about this ad nauseum. There's really, like he said, three teams that you can just write off, right? They're not going anywhere. They're not even going to the NIT. Heck, they still might upset somebody, especially in the in the SEC uh, uh, basketball tournament. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I've, Arkansas can win a game. Vandy, you know, they looked bad last night in a get-right game for Kentucky, but they can give you some trouble. And if anybody gets hot in this league, they can beat you. Uh, so the Bulldogs are one of those four teams right now that I have uh, looking to be get that last spot in the NCAA tournament, my own personal bubble. That includes them, Mississippi State, LSU, and uh, I believe the other team was uh, Florida maybe? I don't know. Florida, maybe A&M? No, A&M, A&M. excuse me, Texas A&M, okay. that's right. And A&M's been kind of making a charge lately to get back up there with a big win over Florida. Two of those teams – Georgia and Mississippi State, the Bulldogs get together, both of them, at the hump tonight in Starkville, and the Dogs are catching, they are catching eight and a half points on the road at Mississippi State, and the look you just gave me is exactly how I feel about that, too. Folks, that's too many points. Wow. I mean, that's too many points, and I don't want to be reactionary here because... But did, did we see Mississippi? Did y'all watch Mississippi State play against Alabama the other night? Ew. Like, and Georgia has, <laughs> despite a few losses in a row, has been in every one of those games against good yes. teams. So I'm going to take those eight and a half points right there, yeah, my friend. Give them to me. Well, you mentioned last night Kentucky just wiping the floor with Vanderbilt and Nashville. How about South Carolina? They got them another one. 68 65. They've been on that team for a long time now. We're keeping our eye on them. The Gamecocks are a solid basketball team in the SEC and are definitely in the mix to win the SEC regular season championship. We're going to talk a lot more SEC basketball, including the Iron Bowl of basketball tonight. Auburn and Alabama. That's coming up in hour number two. Give us a call. 334 321 1390. Hour number two coming up. on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika sports leader. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Hope you're doing well as we get underway here in hour number two on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. He is Uncle T-Bone. I'm Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7, the Auburn Opelika sports leader. If you missed any of the first hour, we talked with Jordan Hill of Dogs 247. It's been a few weeks since we had him on the show, and so I uh, talked with him, and then uh, we started getting into Auburn, Alabama tonight. We got a little bit of SEC basketball, but that's going to be the focus here in hour number two. We also got a little bit of signing day conversation in, but uh 
pretty much talked about everything we needed to talk about there because there's just not a whole lot going on with signing day today. So that was back in the first hour. If you missed any of that, uh, you can find it on the podcast after the show today. Just search on the line wherever you get those, or you can go to our station website at ESPNAU.com. Uncle T-Bone, it's a big night tonight inside of Neville Arena. The Alabama Crimson Tide coming to town. It's a top 20 matchup on the Plains. Folks have been fired up since last time Auburn played Alabama on that Wednesday night in Tuscaloosa on January 24th and we'd love to get our listeners thoughts 334-321-1390. Before we get into that real quick I want to put a bow on this recruiting Jacob something that really grinds my gears and you know it does is what I I refer to and our former president refers to as fake news Mm. it's in sports Uh just like it is on the national scale even on the local scale occasionally And I'm just kind of going back through this one more time to see if I missed anything, okay? And we failed to mention that a local five-star kicker and hero of ours, Towns McBoomer (laughs) from Auburn High School, you know, signs with Auburn uh, during the early signing period. I'm looking at an AL.com article, and this article is from, uh, let me see here, Jacob, December 21st, 2023, five-star Auburn, Auburn High School kicker Towns McGoo. That's Towns McBoom to you and me, picks the Tigers, right? Okay. And then I'm going back and looking at Auburn's recruiting rankings over there on, on, on the rival site that I was just giving all the credit in the world to. And they don't even have him listed. Oh, man. Am I missing something here? I don't know, man. I mean. I don't know. He's on Auburn's roster. If you go look him up on Auburn's football 2024 roster, Towns Magoo is on the official Auburn football roster. So, Did these other services just give Auburn the shaft? I don't on know. what AL.com calls a five-star kicker. I mean, kickers are pretty important in college football, I think. And then looking over at number one, Georgia. They got a kicker that they've signed who's a three-star from Iowa listed on their commitment list. Come on, rivals. What are we doing here? Oh, look, I'll say this. That Towns Magoo is a heck of a kicker, man. He is an absolute stud uh, that was playing at Auburn High. I mean, I was talking with head coach Keith Etheridge every Thursday on this program throughout football season from Auburn High School, and there was not a day that went by that we didn't talk about Towns Magoo. Let me tell you, I mean, he is an unbelievable kid, unbelievable kicker, and uh, Auburn is very, Auburn University, that is, is very, very lucky to have him. So I don't know, man. Make a call to corporate up there and see what you can pull off. Yeah, I think I I smell an email about to get fired off. (laughs) off on to rival maybe brian matthews gets in here we can ask him why mr mcboomer isn't i mean that kid's dropping kicks from tuskegee oh my god this this has nothing to do with sports and i'm about to tell you a story really quick speaking of that that just sparked up a whole memory of mine way back in the day okay i say way back in the day probably 10 or 15 years ago nobody in this world and i mean in this world loves hot mustard from mcdonald's more than my father okay my dad is the biggest fan of hot mustard in the world of mcdonald's he I didn't claims, even know mcdonald's had hot mustard well there you go you're missing out all right years ago they tried to get rid of it he likes to dip his honey mu- or his uh chicken nuggets in it all right years ago mcdonald's tried to get rid of that hot mustard my dad claims he claims that he sent an email to corporate And he is the one, because about a month later, they brought it back. My dad claims that he was the reason that McDonald's brought hot mustard back 
to McDonald's. Now, did he eat it like on a Big Mac, or was it? You know, did he have McNuggets and hot mustard? Nuggets and fries. He got hot mustard and sweet and sour sauce, and then they got rid of hot mustard, and he was very upset. And he claims there were thousands of others like him. And he sent emails to corporate, and he claims that uh, he's the reason the hot mustard came back to McDonald's. Pops (laughs) Goins, the leader of the hot mustard army around the nation. Not today, McDonald's. That's right. You're not going to give me the shaft on my hot mustard. I like it. So you, yeah, just I was talking about you emailed corporate to uh, rivals to spark that up. I just don't understand why in the world a five-star kicker who... And I know we're a little biased locally, but if you haven't seen that kid play football, he's got to be one of the best kickers in the country. Oh, for sure. No doubt about it. I mean, he's dropping 55 yarders in high school off the turf. Off the turf, yep. Yep. And, and, And the rival site doesn't even give Auburn credit for him being a commitment. Heck, he's an early enrollee. He's probably over there doing squats right now listening to me and you. I hope so. I hope so. Maybe he's got us going I mean, on come through, the, on, through the speakers man. over there. I mean, would that move Auburn up a couple of spots? I'll say this, Jacob. I bet if he was a <clears throat> Alabama commitment, it would be listed on Rivals. 334-321-1390. Let's get to the phone line. You're on the line. Who are we speaking with? Hey, boys. Hey, man. Hey, Andy. Hey, Andy. How are you, man? My boys, my boys. Hey, how's your dad doing? My My dad? Yeah. He's he's fine as far as I know. Hey, can he write a letter to Burger King? Uh I don't know what they did to their zesty sauce, but it is <laughs> He's not uh as far as I know, he's not the biggest Burger King fan, but he, apparently he's got some pull in the fast food game, so I'll see what he can do. Please. Um the, dealing with the kicker, is this the guy that was supposed to go to Ole Miss? Uh that's where he was it was predicted for him to go for a while. Yeah, it was down to Ole Miss and Auburn as far as I'm concerned. And I was reading something, correct me if I'm wrong, that he's a he's a he took a walk on to Auburn. I think that he he had started it was gonna be a partial and then he was going to only have a partial, but then he actually did get a scholarship at Auburn. It was not supposed to be that at the start. Um Ole Miss was gonna give him one and then Auburn was gonna be some form of one a half of one whatever the case may be but uh, i think auburn ended up giving him the full one andy check this out from al.com back on december 21st magoo who goes to auburn high school was named a max preps first team all-american kicker and a five-star recruit by cole's kicking camp he made 19 of 22 field goals this season with all of his misses coming from beyond 56 yards and real quick he made six field goals of beyond 50 yards and one from 60 yards. That's a scholarship player, brother. We've, we've uh, won games because of kickers before, so we'll take Yes, them. absolutely. Um, lastly, um, I've been waiting for this day for a couple weeks now since we took that trip up to Tuscaloosa. Yeah, how are you feeling make, about I'm gonna it? My, I'm going to have six. Big spread is crazy, but I'm making all my money back tonight. Um, <laughs> you got you like Auburn with the spread five and a half. You like it? I mean, I, I did it just because you yesterday getting me pumped, saying maybe double digits win. I mean, there you that's go. What they're gonna have to. That's what they're gonna have to do. But you know, it's basketball. Anything can happen. I was listening to uh, Kansas Houston uh, this weekend. I put a little on Kansas, and they just destroyed Houston from the. the the gate from yeah, the opening so from the opening pick. tip man from the shoot around it was kansas all day 
Right, and, and like I said, you never know in basketball. That's what mm-hmm. makes March Madness so great. So that's right. Um, hope, hopefully, win. Hopefully, win by a lot more than six. But um, either way, you know, we still gotta love these boys. So uh, should be an exciting night, and um, looking forward to it. Yep, should All be right, a good one. Thanks so much, Andy. We appreciate the call. Three three four. 321-1390. We want to get all your picks and thoughts on tonight's game, Auburn and Alabama. And that's something that we've been talking about is it's funny because we were having this conversation part part on air, part off air somehow. And um, it's crazy how after the first time, after the first game, when Auburn went up there on January 24th and Auburn went down big, they were down double digits, had to use a big second half where they outplayed Alabama for 20 minutes. And I said in the first hour, if that game had gone another five minutes, Auburn wins that game. But it didn't. And Auburn didn't play well for the 40 minutes they were allotted and they didn't win because Alabama outplayed them for longer. But after that game, I don't know a single Auburn person that said, if we don't, or basically Auburn fans were saying, okay, that's fine. Wait till they come to our place. Wait till they come to Neville. Auburn's winning by double digits. And Uncle T-Bone, we're in that category. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Here, not trying to be negative, Nancy. I was like, pump the brakes, folks. Pump the brakes. It's a long ways. It's a long two weeks. We don't want to just start looking ahead. And you still got to take care of business. I was one of the few that might have been on the Titanic at that time screaming iceberg. Okay. I'm just saying, I didn't buy into that. All I said was. Oh, I did. Oh, I know you did, brother. And that's okay because you're a true fan. And what I said was, I hope Bruce Pearl and them, and you can go back and check, took red lipstick, crimson marker, whatever, and big circled this date on the calendar and put up all the little snarky Nate quotes in uh, other comments around the locker room to get them fired up. That's what I said. And here's what I'm going to say. The reason that I was on the boat of when Auburn gets them inside of Neville, Auburn should beat them by double digits. The reason I say that is because Auburn absolutely can beat them by double digits. And I think if you get both teams' best games neutral floor, which I hope we get in Nashville for the SEC tournament. I I believe from a non-Auburn perspective, from a pure basketball enthusiast like I am, and I don't say that because I know more than others, I know that because I just love college basketball, Auburn is double-digit points better than this Alabama team. I believe Ooh. that. I believe that. At their best and consistently in a 10-game span, if these two teams play neutral floor 10 games in a row, One game per day. Alabama's not going to shoot lights out for 10 games in a row. Alabama doesn't have the size to hang with this Auburn team. Alabama doesn't have the defense to hang with this team. Alabama doesn't have the depth to hang with this team. So sure, in a one-off situation inside their own hangar gym, yeah, they're going to play well and they're going to have a great game. But if Auburn shows up tonight and plays the way they're supposed to play and plays the way that we know they can play, coming off the best half of basketball they have ever had this season with 56 points they hung on Ole Miss, yeah, Auburn should win tonight by double digits. Does that mean they're going to? I don't know. We're going to find out. But Auburn's good enough to do it. I don't doubt that for a second. Yeah, they're definitely good enough to do it. There's no question about that. But you know what they say, my friend, if ifs and buts were fruits and nuts. We'd all have a Merry Christmas. And for some reason, Auburn just has not played its best games 
very often against Alabama in basketball historically. And for some reason, at least in recent games, Bruce Pearl and his teams have not played to their potential against Nate Oates and the Alabama teams, and they've played lights out. Are you saying Nate Oates has Bruce Pearl's number? I'm saying that he's six and three against Bruce Pearl overall, and he's won three in a row, and that needs to stop tonight. Whether or not it does is a different question. Alabama has a knack historically in almost all sports that they play against Auburn of getting up on Auburn and getting up for Auburn. Although all their fans will say they don't really care, it's just little brother, we compete for national championships and all that garbage, and it's all a lie. It's all a lie. They want to beat Auburn as bad as they want to beat anyone, and they've done a heck of a good job doing it in almost every sport. They get up for Auburn like there's no tomorrow, and it doesn't matter. And I know what you're saying, and you're exactly right, and I agree with you. If they played 10 games in a row, Auburn would win six of four, maybe seven of three, right? I just think Auburn is a deeper team and a better team than Alabama, but they only play twice in a regular season, and it's spaced out. And for some reason, Nate Oates gets his team up against Auburn no matter where they play. Which is what a good coach is supposed to do. It is. That's what a good coach does. And tonight is not only about a revenge game for Auburn. Tonight's not just trying to get even with Alabama. You start looking at what is at stake in the SEC for the regular season, this is a huge opportunity for both teams, right? Look at it from Alabama's thought and their point of view. Alabama is the number one team in the SEC. They're 8-1 and one in conference play. Their overall record's not great. It's 16-6. and six. But in the SEC's eyes, it doesn't matter. In conference play, they're 8-1 and one overall. They currently have the tiebreaker over Auburn, right, because of the 1-0 against the Tigers. They have it over South Carolina. They don't have it over Tennessee. And then there's Kentucky, Florida, and the rest of the SEC. So... Auburn has to win this game, A, to pull even with Alabama, and B, for the tiebreaker between those two teams to be eliminated in the head-to-head. That's what's at stake here. Auburn's a game back right now. You win this game, you're even. You win this game, you're back in it. South Carolina squeezed in there. Guess what? Auburn plays that South Carolina team coming up in just a few games. Tennessee, right below Auburn. Guess what? You play Tennessee. Kentucky's right there. Guess what? You play Kentucky. You host them, I believe, next Saturday inside of Neville Arena. Then there's Florida. You still have to go to Gainesville. There are all the top teams in the SEC. Auburn still has to play. And that starts tonight with Alabama over at Neville Arena. Yeah, if Auburn can uh, go ahead and take care of business tonight, they, along with South Carolina and I believe – no, actually, ten- Tennessee would be uh, one game back because of uh, not playing. That, that, But they would catch up towards the end of the season. Yeah, they've already had kind of that one-week bye that each right. SEC team has, yeah. Yeah, which is kind of weird for me in basketball. They keep kind of- – it, 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 they keep kind of extending the season. I yeah, think. it's not, and it's not really a buy. You just have a week where you don't play a midweek. It's what happens. And Tennessee has already had that. Um, Auburn has it coming up, and every SEC team goes through it. You just have one week where you play a, a Saturday game, and then you play another Saturday game. So that's kind of how how that looks. And we'll keep talking about this and kind of what is at stake here. What Auburn has to do. What else is coming up in the SEC in college basketball? We've got all that coming up here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line Phone 
lines are open all hour number two. Give us a call. Your thoughts. How are you feeling about the, day, the game tonight for Auburn and Alabama? Score predictions as well. 334-321-1390. Back after this on ESPN 1067. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Let's get to the phone lines. 334-321-1390. We got to find out where this guy's calling in from. It's K-Bag. You got boots on the ground somewhere in the plains. Where are you, man? Oh, well, you know, it's a a very fortunate Wednesday where I'm actually, you know, inside the city limits of Auburn, Alabama. So I'm very appreciative to be home tonight. There you go. Nothing wrong with that, man. How are you feeling about the game tonight in the Iron Bowl of Basketball Part 2? Well, you know, a few weeks ago, I, I was there in Tuscaloosa, and, you know, we kind of we, – we really didn't put our, our best foot forward that night. You know, we, did, we didn't live up to the expectation we had. You know, our our good buddy Dandy Don was there, and, you know, it, it was like we were playing seven on five that night. But I expect the Auburn Tigers to come home, defend the home court. I'm tired of losing to these turds. And we need to get this Bruce Pearl record spinning back our direction in this rivalry. If we're going to stake a claim in a rivalry in 2024, it's going to be on the hardwood, and that's where we need to own it. Now, Bagger, you know good and well as I do, when Auburn fans get confident, when Auburn fans get when Auburn fans get foamy at the mouth. When they get a He's little, been like this all day, they get a little back. fired up. What 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 syndrome sneaks in like a thief in the night and takes it away from us? What do we like to call it? We're not gonna talk about that until we have to. That may be tomorrow, but it ain't gonna be right now. So you're not gonna call up Jabba for anybody right now? Is what you're saying? No, no, we we don't need to pull the sat squash out of the woods right yet. Not just yet. I'm with you on that K bag. Well, look, look, but I want to talk to you about this though. That five and a half, you know, that's a pretty steady dose of old polo black cologne, Uncle T. Mm. Yeah, they're begging you to take Alabama, right? They are. You know, is this one of those games yeah. where, where we come out and this is an easy 12, 13-point victory? Well, I hope so. We'll be uh, meeting down at Toomer's Corner and doing some reverse ramajamas, my friend, if that goes down. I'm sure we can find an establishment that we can get a little crowd up. <laughs> I'm sure you can find You'll some You'll be local. getting up a two-bits? Well, you want to get one up right now, I'm, K-Bag, for I'm old time's sake? I'm to get a guy. A body get okay, okay. I like I'm it. I, I'm, I'm a, I think I'm a body get a guy too. It, it, it's pretty easy to be a body get a guy. Well, give us so the anyway, score on the game. This is what I'm going to say. This All is right. what I'm going to say. Auburn, Auburn, eighty six, Bama seventy seven. Wow. Easy nine point victory there, where we get a couple of uh, we get the last minute there with the pep band and maybe a late timeout to really get them jazzed up on the way out. Okay. Four Eagle fellas. Appreciate the call, K bag. Yeah, I mean, I like that score, Jacob. That would be very interesting. What would he uh, say, 86-77? 86-77. I believe that would be taking the game under. Just by half under a point. by half a point. Ooh. Look, you know, these uh, these guys out in Vegas nailed this one last time. I mean, they straight up nailed it. Well, you know what I say. Those buildings in Las Vegas are pretty nice for a reason. 
They yep. know what they're doing. Yep. So, and this, I do enjoy seeing this line kind of pop up and, you know, against Auburn having to lay more points. You might want to keep a, uh, an eye on that line late right before tip off and see if there's any movement. If you're into that kind of thing, it's for entertainment purposes only for me. But I'm still not sold yet, Jacob. You know, I, I, I you know, Auburn fans, oh, we're gonna, we're gonna blow them out when we get them back on the plains, Uncle T. When they get back in Neville Arena, Uncle T. Bone, it's gonna be a bloodbath. And when I start hearing that kind of talk, you know, I've been around the block. I've seen this movie before, Friday the Thirteenth Part Jabba. Part. God. <laughs> and, and and it's just like Oh my god. Like I said, it just creeps oh. in, it just seeps in, it just weeps in, and it just there washes away with a big fat L for the Tigers. So not trying to be chicken little here, Auburn fan, but you better get in there and make some noise tonight because Nate Oates is gonna come into Neville with a hatchet. Yeah, you've got you've got the the cover on your head and looking up at the sky, making sure it doesn't hit you on the way down, huh? I mean, look, here's the thing. You and you and K-Bag brought something up that's really, really intriguing to me. You look at this line of five and a half points, and I look at this from the perspective of somebody that doesn't talk about Auburn or Alabama on a daily basis, that doesn't cover the SEC on a daily basis. Let's say somebody up in, I don't know, New York looks at this game, and from just your casual college basketball fan, they look at this and they're like, Alabama at Auburn. Didn't Alabama win last time? The high-flying, three-point shooting Alabama team that's on a little bit of a win streak? You do a little research, oh, wow, they've won the last three times against Auburn. They won the last time they're at Auburn. Five and a, They're getting five and a half on the road? They are begging you to take Alabama on this. And should that tell us something that we don't know? Should that be a sign that maybe Auburn does come out and get that big win like we've been talking about, like a lot of people think is going to happen? And not that six points is a, quote, big win or a blowout win by any means. I think a win in this game, regardless of a point or 30, is a big win. But you get what I'm saying here. It's not considered a blowout win, but... I don't know. I just think that that five and a half is a weird line to be predicted by in this game that legitimately could go either way. And I think those five and a half points are all because of this being inside of Neville Arena and not at Coleman Coliseum. Well, I mean, yeah, you saw that, you know, the last time it was kind of weird when the line came out and Alabama was favored by three and a half and then it jumped to four and a half. They win the game, I believe, by four with a half point cover. And it was strictly because it was up in the Coleman Mausoleum. If you look at this game and Auburn takes care of business and they propel themselves into a three-way tie with Bama and South Carolina in the regular season SEC, don't you just feel like trajectory-wise, Jacob, that if Auburn goes ahead and takes care of business tonight, they go 8-2 and two in league play, 19-4 and four overall, that they're easily cruising to one of those top four seeds in the SEC championship and then, and then easily cruising into the NCAA tournament with at least a four seed or better. I mean, this is how important to me this game is tonight. It's a trajectory for the rest of the game, rest of the season seeding-wise. It's just t- such a tough stretch to end the season the last three games aren't bad mississippi state at home at missouri and home versus georgia but man the path to get there is brutal right at Ole miss that's not an easy game alabama tonight at florida home versus south carolina i want nothing to do with that team home versus kentucky they can score 100 on anybody 
at Georgia, at Tennessee. Yeah, tonight's a crucial game in that stretch, and we'll keep talking about that when we come back. Plus, we're going to get to the phone lines as well. Give us your thoughts, how we feel, and we're getting closer to tip-off between Auburn and Alabama. More about that on the other side. Jacob Goertz on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. We've got 30 more minutes here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. He's Uncle T-Bow and I'm Jacob Goins, and we continue with the phone calls. We'd love to get you on the show, get your thoughts and picks for the Iron Bowl tonight. Auburn and Alabama inside of Neville Arena. 334-321-1390. Mark, you're on the line with Uncle T-Bow and Jacob Goins. What's up, man? Hey, how's it going? It's going, hey, uh, man. Does Uncle T-Bone, for entertainment purposes only, do you know what the opening line was? I believe it was Auburn minus four and a half. Okay, because so, that's the only one that Las Vegas really is interested in. I mean, I know they're interested in the other, but what I mean by that is where the bets are, is that just tells you who's betting on why the line changes, not somebody's opinion of it. Right, yeah, you and, know, and you know a lot of the – Bingo. That's exactly right, Mark. That's exactly right. They set that line, and they want it to be 50-50 split down the middle. Yeah. And make money. That's all no, they want to do. No, I'm hey, with you. Uh, I'm with you. I, hey, listen, Mark. I, I, you know, this isn't a by-the-way boy you're talking to now. I've been around the block. I know exactly what you're talking about. and know plenty of people that have uh, answered the phone, so to speak, for quite some time. So I get it. But, you know, I just like looking at how they move because oftentimes – you can if there's if especially if there's a large amount of money all of a sudden that's uh, not in small groups but a big player comes in late. Those are that's usually what they call the smart money. And if you look at it over at uh, scoresandodds.com right now uh, in the matchup section on this game, the percentage of bets is 86% of bets and money both are be, being played on the Tiger in Las Vegas. Oh, yeah, and rightfully so, because, um, you know, I think they've proven, and it may not be tonight because it's basketball and anything can happen, Sure, but they have proven that they are, on paper, a better team. Yeah. And as far as the schedules go, you know, we keep talking about Auburn's schedule, but everybody's playing the same people just about. I mean, Alabama's got Tennessee at home, Kentucky on the road. they got Auburn on the road. You know, and the same thing for South Carolina. South Carolina still got their own problems to worry about. You know, with that defense, they're tough. I'm telling you, that's a tough team. No, I'm, I'm hey, with you. Uh, I'm with you, real quick, Mark, on that. And to your point, you know, and it will all eventually in the wash by the end of the season work its way out. But Auburn has proven. I mean, if you look at Kim Palm, right, and that's some one of these metric types thing. You know, they have Auburn ranked fifth in the country and Alabama seventh. That's a better ranking, but they are pretty close to one another. Yeah, and that's all based on the defense, too. Because Auburn does play some similar, I mean, some some defense where Alabama's, you know, they're going to give up a lot of, uh, typically they would give up, you would think they would give up a lot of points because you shoot three-pointers. If you miss, you're going to get long rebounds and a better chance for runouts. That's exactly right. Uh, 
last Monday. What do you think about the scoreboard we're going to finally be able to get rid of? Oh, at, uh, at Jordan Hare Stadium, yeah, 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 on the yeah. north, yeah, on the north side. Well, look, Mark, I think everybody can agree that that is an Auburn person that goes to games. It has been long overdue. That scoreboard down there has been there for over thirty years, and um, that is it, it's a scoreboard that was nice when it was put in. It's retro, as the kids say nowadays, or used to say, but it's been long overdue, brother. And I'm excited for it. And the new scoreboard video board that they're going to put down there, believe it's going to be a little bit shorter than the one on the south end zone but a little bit longer and it's going to be really really nice yes it is my seats are in that end zone so i don't have to i've not had to look at that thing but i know the people in the other end are tired of having to look at the uh turn around and break their neck and yeah. Look at that other one. Yeah, and the good thing about uh, it too is they're actually going to add some walkways with that as well. They're actually going to make that concourse on that end of the stadium a little bit bigger and kind of help with some of the traffic and uh, and and people flow in there too. Yeah, the one thing that Auburn needs more than anything is is the concourse. You know, as far as amenities, is the concourse mm-hmm. that north end zone, and not, that's where I sit. So I'm not really an expert on the other ends. But uh, it's just so narrow, and at halftime you can't get, you can't get into the restroom and that, to the concession stand and back to your seat before halftime. So no, no, you can't. You can't. No possible way. Needs a little so facelift, anyway, doesn't it, Mark? Yeah, it does. All right, you guys have a great afternoon. Auburn by double digits, chicken little. Don't worry about the sky. It's not going <laughs> to fall tonight. Awesome, man. We appreciate the call, Mark. Thanks so much. Always great to hear from you. 334-321-1390. You heard that, didn't you, Uncle T-Bone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard it. I heard it. I know some, 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 you know, look, I hope, I hope I come in here next show and people are calling in and poking at Uncle T and saying, we had it the whole time. Ha, ha, ha. You were wrong. Well, we man, were I right. Think, I think you're negative, Nancy. Secretly, you're I mean, just hedging I, your bet here. I hope. Uh-huh. Yeah, I hope, yeah, I see what I you're doing I hope there. people call in and just give me all sorts of Hades all for two hours at 334-321-1390. Head on the line, the show that calls it like it is and holds nothing back. So bring it on. I'm a big boy. I've been wrong before. I jumped on all y'all with that bandwagon last time, and let's not have revisionist history. I believe someone even had a JG guarantee going into that game, and the whole bandwagon was out, and people were like, we're going to go up to Coleman Coliseum in that dump. That they call a hang airplane hanger oh. up there and roll Alabama because Nate Oates is a clown show, Man. Uncle T. And I was like, Yeah, okay, I'm with you. I'm with you, Dump. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, look, I uh, I jumped on it as well, and uh, that was you, called rat poison. Yeah, you Kool Aid. White Knight, whatever you want to call it. Why'd you have to remind them, man? You, man? People had forgotten about that. Man, I had people coming up to me in the streets and I giving me crap I'd, about it. I saw it. We were just enjoying a nice lunch with some clients and having a good old time. And here comes somebody from not only just on the streets, but like from around the corner back there in the back cooking. And Throwing like, hey, tomatoes, man. Throwing about, tomatoes and hey, letting me how have about it. that JG guarantee, pal? Yeah, I know, man. And look. It, it was a big old fat loser. It was. And, you know, here's the thing with, with this game is is the fact that, that Auburn, Auburn is, again, Auburn's the better team, man. That's just what I get on here. And, and, look, Mark brought up a really good point as well. We do talk a lot about and have been talking a lot about the 
end of the schedule, the end of the year for Auburn, this big stretch that they're going on right now. But other teams in the conference have to do that as well. Look at what Alabama has to do. They're at Auburn tonight, right? Other games they have coming up, Florida, at Kentucky, at Ole Miss, home for Tennessee, at Florida again. And then home versus Arkansas, and I, I've I've brought that up a few times about how that game, that's the what could have been game mm-hmm. at the end of the year. But that's not an easy stretch for the Crimson Tide. And they have to go to Rupp where Auburn gets Kentucky here at home. And so you gotta be you gotta be looking around the SEC for that because everybody else is playing all these other teams too. And how about the number two team in the conference, South Carolina, number sixteen or fifteen team, excuse me, number fifteen team in the country. They have Vanderbilt this weekend. Fine. At Auburn. This is not in order. This is just kind of going down the list. At Ole Miss, at AM Florida at home, Tennessee at home, and Mississippi State on the road. That's not that bad. That's not that bad. They for have South the Carolina. advantage for out of those three top teams, no doubt about it. I mean, this Bama, this Bama future schedule, I think, is a little bit more manageable than Auburn's, but not uh, by much. But not by much, and that's nine games where uh, eight of those will be against teams that are either in the NCAA tournament or right there on the bubble clawing and desperately trying to get into the NCAA tournament, and they will give Bama all their best to try and get that one win that puts them over the top over other teams. Then you look at Tennessee, who's right there in the mix as well. Their next four or five games, they should roll. They're coming off that big win over Kentucky inside Rupp Arena, home versus LSU, at Texas A&M, at Arkansas, home for Vandy, at Missouri, home for Texas A&M. If they play well, they should win all those games. I think Tennessee does. Well, they'll be favored in all those games, no doubt about it. That Texas A&M team's the team that I think people need to keep an eye on. Look, any team, including Georgia, realistically, including uh, Mississippi, I I put Texas A&M and Georgia at the top of those four teams that I think are trying to have one good run to give themselves a shot at being the tournament. LSU, Mississippi State are the other ones. A&M, to me, is the best coached out of all those, although Mike White's a heck of a coach. And and, and this is, like you said Monday, they thrive in must-win situations. So it's do or die for the Aggies from here on out, and they've always been a tough out in those type of situations. So don't sleep on them, but Tennessee will be favored against them in both games. So that's that stretch of games, okay, where Tennessee should handle business. Have you seen what the final four games are for the Tennessee Volunteers? Lay it on me. Home versus Auburn, at Alabama, at South Carolina, home for Kentucky. The top four and five teams in the SEC, Tennessee will be playing four of them because they're the other team in the top five of the SEC. That's the ending stretch of the regular season before they go to Nashville and go to the SEC tournament. You talk about some games that are going to determine seeding for that tournament. It's those four games right there. Took the words right out of my mouth, but you got to understand that with that great challenge – comes great opportunity and if they take business the take care of business the rest of the season before then and then go four and oh in that stretch and then make a lot of noise in the sec tournament that's a team all of a sudden that's buying for a number one seed in the ncaa tournament and yes that's the opportunity that lays in front of tennessee right there Yes, it is. And so that's kind of where we're looking at for the um for the 
for the rest of these top teams around the SEC with Auburn and Alabama coming up tonight. And before we get our final thoughts and picks on that, um, wanted to uh, talk about some news that's coming out of ESPN. Uh, this is from uh, Jimmy Pataro, the chairman at ESPN. Nick Saban is a, this is a quote from him, Nick Saban is a singular, iconic presence in college football. He is also an extremely gifted communicator who will immediately add even more credibility, authority, and entertainment value to ESPN, including our esteemed college game day show. So Nick Saban has officially joined ESPN. He will be an analyst on college game day and ESPN for college football coming up starting next season. You can't tell me that this kind of thing hasn't been in the works for a long time. I refuse to not believe that. Alabama may uh, Nick Saban may or may not have caught Alabama off guard uh, resigning when he did but I have to believe that there were several people at ESPN including Kirk Herbstreet that has known that he was going to be out after this season for quite some time I mean to me this is just another sign of that very well could be and I think it's a, a genius move for for ESPN I mean you bring on one of the most knowledgeable guys in the sport I mean it's it's a no-brainer to bring him on it's like Fox bringing on Tom Brady as a color analyst for NFL football next season yeah, and that's just, just makes sense and that's just easy money for both of them but Jacob how's he going to do the show as an analyst is he going to be live on set or is he going to be in his office at Bryant Denny Stadium with a green screen set up in the back I don't you know. know poking his eye out from the from the shades like the owner in the in that movie the natural kind of seeing what's going on down on the field to his liking or not hey he was able to do pat mcafee he can do college game day i got a good feeling so wanted to bring that news up i just saw it as i was scrolling through through x uh, here during our segment we'll take our final break come back give you our final thoughts and predictions auburn and alabama in basketball coming up inside of neville arena we approach just two hours till tip off over there here on the plains we'll take uh we'll take our final break come back and wrap it up here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Winding down here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line here on ESPN 1067. I'm Jacob Goins. Joining me in the studio is Uncle T-Bone. Got just a few more minutes before we get out of here and got to plug a couple of things on the high school side before we give our final uh, picks and predictions for Auburn and Alabama. First, uh, for the Auburn High School Tigers, the baby Tigers over there, wrapping up area tournament play. Uh, That was later this week. It was last night and the night before. Both Auburn High girls and boys, area champs, taking down the Central Red Devils, their big rival, uh, taking them both down. Girls win, and then the boys won in a thriller last night. Our good friend Jack Hutton over on 96.3 W. Lee had uh, one of the best calls you're ever going to hear in high school basketball. So shout out to them. They'll be moving on to region play. Moving on, uh, that'll be next Wednesday on the 14th on Valentine's Day. So that'll be for the Auburn High Tigers and And for my ride for Lee Scott Academy, both girls and boys have advanced to the state Final Four. So I will be leaving right after this. Girls Final Four tonight against Clark Prep. Boys Final Four tomorrow against Valiant Cross. And then state championship games, hopefully two of them, on Friday afternoon. So I will be on the air tonight at 5.30. And tomorrow, tomorrow an update on the show, I guess, while we're talking about that. Let's go. Uh, Tomorrow... I will not be here. Uh, You will not be here. It'll be a different version of On the Line. Same show, same format, same guests. 
just a different person behind the mic. It will be our good friend, Jumpin' Jack Hutton, will be in the studio. It'll be on the line with Jack Hutton. That's that's uh, that's going to be fun, man. He's going to be filling in uh, for for the show because I will be in Montgomery calling Lee Scott Academy Final Four action on Tiger Country 104.5. So shout out to Jack Hutton. He'll be here tomorrow breaking down Auburn, Alabama, breaking down everything going on around Auburn Athletics. Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network will be here. Chris Gordy from Locked on SEC will be here on the phone line so that's going to be a great show tomorrow so be sure you tune in support our good friend jack and you can call into his show hopefully uncle t-bone he is breaking down and reacting to an auburn basketball win tonight over alabama that's the game that everybody's talking about game of the night in college basketball crimson tide coming to the plains to take on the tigers yeah and it will be a good one i anticipate a war tonight inside neville arena nate oates and his band of mary bammers going to try and roll in and take their fourth straight that's hard to stomach under bruce pearl Fourth straight win against the Tigers and Coach Pearl. Six and three, like I've said, overall since he's been at Alabama against Auburn. That's sickening. But I gotta have to tell you guys, and I know I've been down a little bit today. I don't know if I call it down. Maybe I'm just getting mentally prepared for this war tonight inside Neville Arena. But I gotta ask, Jacob, really and truly, is Auburn man enough finally to end this losing streak to Alabama and basketball on the hardwood? Are you asking for my answer, or are you just going at a little hypothetical here? I'm just throwing it up there. I mean, there's been ample opportunity with Tiger teams that had tremendous amount of talent, be Walker Kessler or Jabari Smith or whomever. And if you look at the history of Alabama against Auburn in basketball, they've dominated Auburn. I mean, they've just about doubled them up on wins, Tiger fans. Y'all going to take that? You going to take that, Bruce Pearl? Well, luckily, hey, luckily Alabama gets to come to a nice packed-out high school gym tonight, so it shouldn't be that difficult. I will say this. The lights will work tonight inside Neville Arena. There are no rats chewing on the electrical wire like they are up in Coleman Coliseum. God forbid any technical difficulties tonight inside of Neville Arena. But I'll also say this, Jacob. Oh, no. Bama rhymes, rhymes with Jabba. I'm taking the tide 75 to 73. I got to see it to believe it if wow. Auburn's going to be man enough to win tonight at wow. home. Wow. Well, wow. Okay. All right. There it is. So you're taking the tide. Auburn favored by five and a half tonight in the bounce back game, in the even game, in the pull even, break the tie, or get Prove a tie. Prove me wrong, in the Auburn. Prove game. Uncle T Bone wrong. Because you proved me wrong last time y'all got together with Alabama on the hardwood. And the problem is, if you are wrong, you won't have to hear about it until Friday. I'll take it if I'm wrong. That'll be fine by They're going to come at Jack Hutton tomorrow. That's what's going to happen. They're going to well, come at Jack. he'll probably deserve it because, <laughs> you know, he's the one that invented Bama Rhymes with Jabba. I'm just saying. I don't uh, – did he? No, nah, I'm just blaming <laughs> Well, I'll give you my final thoughts on this. Auburn favored by five and a half seems like a lot. And while I do think that, and I know that it opened up at four and a half, and I do think that's a line that Vegas wants people to jump on both ways, I do, Auburn is the better team. And Auburn, I've said this numerous times today, if you play any better in that first half against Alabama, or if somehow it goes to overtime, Bruce Pearl and the Tigers walk out of that Coleman Coliseum with a win. They do. I firmly believe that. And so... 
You have to go into this game, and you can't play like you have in the past where you have a slow start in the first half and you try to pull away in the second half because Alabama's too good. But Auburn has to do what they do and play their brand of basketball, which is pound the paint, get to the free throw line, force turnovers, and lock down on the defensive end. If Alabama doesn't break 70, you win this game easily. If Alabama starts flirting with 80, then we've got issues. Because Auburn is good enough to score that much. You saw 56 points the other night in the second half against Ole Miss. Do they carry that over into this game? Or is it more of the same like they played in the first half against Alabama a couple of weeks ago? That's the big question I have. And I think Auburn continues to play well. I think Auburn is a different team in this building. I think they're a favorite because it's in this building right now. They should be favored because they're the better team. But you also have a good point, Uncle T-Bone, where until they do it against Alabama, against Nate Oates, it's hard to believe it. It's hard to believe that it can be done in recent history. But I'm taking Auburn to win tonight. I think Auburn wins. I'm going to say 79-70. to Auburn wins by nine. They cover the spread. They don't break 80, but Alabama has to get some free throws late just to break 70. I hope you're right. I've got a bad feeling about this one, Tiger fans. You might want to batten down the hatches tonight. It's going to be a wild one inside Neville Arena. we got to get that Jabba curse off our back. Are we man enough to do it? We will find out here shortly. I am looking forward to the atmosphere in Neville Arena. Should be a good one. Jack Hutton will have the show for you tomorrow. Uncle T-Bone and I will be back on Friday. I've got Lee Scott. He has his other duties. He's here with me Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We'll be back on Friday, but Jack Hutton with you tomorrow, 2-4, to four, here on ESPN 106.7. Until then, stay safe. I'll talk to you later.